Unless you have lived in a cave for the past decade, you are likely aware that the mainstream media have lost a big portion of its journalistic function. CNN, CNBC, NBC go to the left, Fox goes to the right. The info they provide is heavily biased towards a specific agenda. I am, however, not making this episode today to beat on the dead horse of the media, but rather want to imagine what the future will be like for us going forward. Why are we having this problem in the first place? When will the media actually collapse? How is Google playing into this collapse? What are the possible technological solutions to this problem? If you would like to stay and explore these topics, I welcome you to the Indefinite Podcast. Imagine an ideal version of a journalist for a second. Who is that person? Somebody who is heavily motivated to search and reveal the truth. Somebody has enough background to analyze complex information. Somebody who is essentially an investigator who doesn't have leverage of a cop, but has to do a similar job. Probably a person who is forced to be smarter and more nuanced than law enforcement. How many people like that are out there who are smart enough to do this kind of job and are willing to? I am going to go out on a limb and say, not too many. If you are smart enough to do all of that, you are likely smart enough to make money in more accessible ways. So the first problem is actually reviving the image of a journalist as a societal hero. We really don't hear much about people that dug out Pandora Papers. We don't hear much about the people that dug out stuff on Epstein. Don't hear much about many other journalists that really do real work which does not involve just talking from the screen. This is problem number one. In the age of information, we have lost the attribution of the work to the people who deserve it. To be honest, this part of the problem is so complex that I can't even imagine how we can tackle that as a society, so let's try to solve the other angles that are more approachable. Let's talk about the news organizations. What is a current mainstream news organization? In essence, what they are is a business. A business that sells information. And in the age of digital technology, they have started to face a new problem. Nobody wants to buy the information due to its high availability. The market is oversaturated. Imagine for a second what the world was like without the Internet. 
I guess I am talking to Zoomers if there are any among you. I am still old enough to remember those times, wink. The majority of information has been received via newspapers and TV. If we imagine the information as a commodity that was pretty much the entire market. The majority of the advertising was locked in there too. There would be no other place where a big advertiser could go and reach the broadest possible audience. Therefore, the media had a very stable business model with a very good inflow of capital. And then the internet happened. Suddenly, everyone and their grandma can set up a blog, info page, or a full-fledged website that even contains a video. The sources of information multiply and as a result advertisers become split. Suddenly the mainstream media is left without capital. Note that doing real journalism is a capital expensive operation. It requires you to have people with special skills to conduct investigations potentially in many geographical areas. Unless your news outlet just doesn't do some stupid stuff like coming up to people and straight up asking, well you did this bad thing, can you comment on that, to just get a fuck off answer. And this is how we come to a now famous phrase. Nobody wants to pay for the news. Over the decades the population got so used to receiving high-quality news and journalism for free that when the internet revolution happened, nobody realized that now is the time when the advertisement capital got heavily redeployed elsewhere. Not only were the consumers not ready for that, but the news companies were also not prepared. They suddenly were faced with the reality that they have to find new business models to sustain themselves. And since an average consumer refuses to pay simply out of habit, after all, you're not going to pay for something that used to be free, right? They had to turn to a different source. Specifically, interest groups. Those interest groups are mostly political, economic, and on occasion social in cases where there is enough societal pressure or capital behind a social cause. The most egregious example is probably New York Times, which was outright bought by Amazon, where the editorial board is partially left to its own devices and partially does Bezos bidding. So where is this whole thing heading? I think we have already arrived at a point of no return for most of the big media outlets. Once you fool people enough times and they stop trusting you, they turn away. Eventually, people stop seeing you as a reliable news source and stop paying attention. You stop getting the views and clicks you need to retain the ad agencies that still work with you. You start relying more and more on the interest group's money that forces you to produce an even worse quality of propaganda. This is a self-perpetuating, positive feedback loop. In the end, there will remain a corpse of the media that is only animated by the money that interest groups provide. What role does Google play in all of this? My belief is that it has done by far the most damage to the media. One may argue that since Uncle G has ruined the media, maybe it contains the fix within itself. Unfortunately, that is not the case and the solution that it offers is Google News. 
Site and algorithm engine optimizations tend to favor the content that gets the most reference links and clicks. Content like that tends to be some of the least useful items out there. Honest question, have you ever gone to Google News? Maybe not, but if you have you know that it is just an aggregator of shit. You get a crap ton of repeating headlines and clickbaity posts that are not just uninformative, but outright useless. There are some general rules in the headlines that you could see on Google News that I have observed. One of those rules is Betteridge's Law of Headlines that states, any headline that ends in a question mark can be answered by the word no. Let's go ahead and check this rule. I am just going to go to Google News now and search for a question mark. Okay, there you go. Is San Francisco dying? Americans are Googling some strange questions about SF by SF Gate. They added an extra sentence at the end there, but the answer is still no. No, San Francisco is not dying. Whatever may be written in this article. You know the answer is no, so it makes the article immediately useless. Don't get me wrong, the quality of life here has decreased significantly over the past 10 years, but unless some serious catastrophe strikes, this place won't get depopulated. Even seismic activity doesn't scare people away from here. Are you really naive enough to believe people would leave this place because of homeless, petty crime, bad roads, and liberals? No, unless the peninsula sinks, the city is not dying. While what happened to Detroit is not impossible, to pass a threshold of this kind would take a lot more. Okay, here is another one. Is the Delta variant of the coronavirus worse for kids? By Fox News. The answer is no again. If you knew exactly that the Delta variant is more dangerous, you'd have some scientific data to back that shit up. But now you ask the question. And who are you asking? Who are you asking? Me? My dog? My grandma? IDK, shit I am confused because I thought you are a journalist. Aren't you supposed to give me some answers? There is another common pattern that I see in the news cycles, and this pattern I personally call the opposite news because I just don't know the name for it. Probably there is a more established name for this second type of headline, but I like the name The Opposite News because it came to me when I watched a Rick and Morty episode with interdimensional cable. Take a listen. It's The Opposite News with Michael Thompson. Hey everybody, it's me, Michael Thompson. Today the Pope didn't get killed. He's perfectly fine and he's on vacation in Aruba. Another opposite hey, news information. So yeah, the Pope is perfectly fine and he is on vacation in Aruba. And a typical example of the opposite news is X could make Y happen. And for this again, I am going to go to Google News and I can search on the page for could. I will certainly find a couple of those shitty headlines almost every time. But to make this more fun, I am actually going to put the word could as a search term into Google News. Let's see what I am going to get. 
Just so we are clear on the definition of the news, let's get it from the Oxford Dictionary. Newly received or noteworthy information, especially about recent or important events. In other words, the opposite news completely falls out of that definition. Here is an example. Why Southwest Airlines could be vulnerable to mass disruptions. By NBC. They could be, but what if they don't? What if they never will? Yes, they could, but Trump could learn how to fly like Superman tomorrow. He could, right? Many other things could happen too. It's not anywhere near being called news based on the definition. Here is another one. AI technology could reshape the U.S. government, but should it? By VentureBeat. This one is especially egregious because not only doesn't it provide news, it also goes on the tangent immediately. It assumes its correctness as if it was a word from a religious book. Not very journalistic of you, fellas. I could wipe my ass with your newspaper, but should I? Sounds like a much better headline because this is something I can actually do. Way more deterministic. Wink wink. Well, you get the idea. The opposite news is out there as well, just waiting to be not discovered. I am sure there are other headline patterns that can be classified and listed, but those two examples more than cover the point I am trying to make. The Big Tech is not a producer of unique journalistic information, nor is it a gatekeeper, it simply is a repeater. They have managed to do a lot of damage to the news, but didn't do anything at all to try to clean it up. And it would be naive to expect them to do so. After all, their whole business model is based on clicks. They may deny that they don't do anything and I would expect them to maybe even come up with some statement under pressure like, we constantly continue to improve our algorithms to provide the best and most relevant information to our users, but how fucking lazy do you have to be to not even filter out these types of headlines? I am more than certain that there are a bunch of open source software libraries that can scan for certain patterns in the sentence. Fuck, just finding a word code in a sentence is a rudimentary task that a high schooler could do. Yet we still continue to see these patterns and these headlines that are completely useless. And that's not just Google. Any news aggregator would do that. It's just that Google more or less sets the tone across the industry of search, aggregation, and ranking of information. It sounds like I shit on Google a lot here, but there is something to clarify. Google has done more good for the progress than any other company in recent memory. Yes, they destroy media and do other bad stuff, but if we put their contribution on the scale and measure it, have they still done more good than bad? The answer is a solid resounding yes. They have put the entirety of human knowledge at your fingertips and that the kind of power that an individual has never had at their disposal at any time in history previously. Does this technological achievement come with a drawback? Yes, it does. But any technology does. 
When we switched from coal to gasoline, it was considered a big step forward environmentally. Now we tend to blame the oil industry, but at the dawn of it, it was one big plus. We now know of the impact of it. When Google came along, it was hailed as an amazing engineering fit. We now know the drawbacks. But just like in the case of gasoline-powered cars that get replaced with electric cars, we too can work on the solutions for the media. Just bashing the gasoline cars is not going to make the environment better. Just bashing Google is not going to make the media better also. It would be fairly naive of us to think that the search giants will really get to solving the media problem for us just out of the goodness of their hearts. So is everything hopeless? Will the news giants just keep pumping out shit headlines, and will the search giants just keep shoving it into our throats forever? I want to remain optimistic because I think the industry and society are warming up to the renaissance in the mainstream media. Why am I optimistic? There is a certain level of trust in everything and eventually, once you fool people one too many times or you are too far from reality, they simply stop tuning into your bullshit. What happens then? You as a company lose the remainder of your advertisement revenue and have to rely more on interest groups that ask you to pump out more bullshit which prompts more people to turn away from you. This is a positive feedback loop that only keeps getting better. Also, because you pump out the bullshit a good journalist with real skills to investigate is less likely to want to work for you. In our modern world where all you need to spread information is the internet connection and a camera what will really differentiate people is their investigation skills. I would think that there may either be a time where people with such skills simply go to a smaller non-mainstream news agency that is still closer to the core values of journalism or become free agents where they can sell content to an interested party or multiple parties. At some point, those journalistic groups may self-organize to sell their own content and give birth to new types of news organizations where they hold equity in the company and make decisions as to what will run in a more direct manner. I would imagine it could be a similar way the compensation is structured in the Silicon Valley startups. To remind you they don't pay the whole comp in cash, but rather prefer to give equity to employees, so in case of an exit event, IPO for example, they can receive a fraction of the company's cost. This could work in a similar way with those who produce the most content getting higher advertisement proceeds. We also see the rise of high-quality content from individual bloggers who were never classified as journalists previously. Yet they practiced that craft and eventually became brave enough to go to war zones, places where Mexican cartels have influence or other dangerous environments to give the world more information about them. They find their own fixers in the area, may have their own small team of people who do the job, and just go for it. Those bloggers have been made possible mostly by YouTube, so there is a positive aspect of a search giant on the news. This is mostly relates to the video news, not the written news.
One thing that could potentially solve the written media problem could be some kind of truth index. It could be a database fronted by a website where there is a list of news sources and journalists who publish articles. And let's say if at some point the publication or slash and a journalist publish an article that ends up containing the information that has been untrue, they would lose points on the index. And the more time they published the article, the more points they would lose. This could be especially relevant for news cycles where the same story is repeated multiple times for multiple hours, but in case if it turns out to be false, the admission of it being false can take just 30 seconds. So imagine you have broadcasted a false segment for one hour to one million people. You have accumulated one million human hours of false information. Then you find out the information you have provided is not correct. Then you either release one short article or a 30-second apology that reaches just a fraction of the people you originally have sold the story to. Is that a fair approach? I think not. At least, not until you reach the same number audience with an apology and clarification that you have reached with your original story. Human hours of misinformation should count against you heavily if you are a news source. Obviously running such a truth index would be a full-time job for a team of multiple people. Somebody would have to maintain and develop a website, there will have to be some poor cattle, them, sorry. Human beings that would have to go and read the news articles one after another and rate them. Of course, I am saying it only as a half-joke, but in fact, this organization doesn't even have to be based in the United States. Any country would do, because at the end of the day, let's face it, U.S. news trends affect the entire world, so if one country, an individual, or a group of people were to decide to clean up American news cycles, they would do a favor to the entire planet. I think that if we manage to have and finance such a great nonprofit as EFF, for example, we can certainly manage a nonprofit that maintains a truth index. So if there are any terminally ill billionaires out there who hear this, here is an idea for you as to how you could really leave a mark and cement your legacy in the world. Wink wink. The presented solution may also be not without its issues. The truth index is more of a centralized way to fix the problem. And there are always certain dangers in a centralized solution. If the truth index gets corrupted, like any organizations tend to do with time, what then? Somebody gets to manipulate our whole perception of truth from one single location. Although this may happen, it would be awfully easy to verify because the index itself is built on public data. For absolute certainty, we may want to use blockchain. Now, I know what you're thinking. Oh God, another AI pushing some coins. And I want you to stop thinking that right away. No coins should be involved at all. I am not that excited about cryptocurrency and I can talk about it more in some other episode, but I am excited about other potential uses of the blockchain. At the end of the day, the blockchain is simply a distributed database. And what can we do with a database?
We can just store data and make sure that it's not corrupted. I wonder if you have ever heard of hashing? If not, let me give you a quick primer. Did you know that any large chunk of text could be turned into a smaller unique string consistently? Meaning if all symbols in two copies of the article are identical, they will always produce the same short string. But if at least one symbol is different, an article would produce an entirely different string of the same size. This is widely used on the internet to verify that what you have downloaded actually contains the content that the authors intended for you versus some content or code that was tampered with. And those hashes are what could be stored in the blockchain along with whatever indexed scores were given to the articles. This way, if the nonprofit gets corrupted, the publicly available blockchain can be copied and can be continued from the point where things went to shit. There would probably be multiple truth indexes and organizations that power them. Could potentially just be even a volunteer organization without any kind of centralization. And those indexes would be expected to compete against each other in their integrity, of course. If one starts playing fast and loose with the truth, another one could quickly overtake it in popularity. Of course, they would have to catch cases where journalists and magazines would try to artificially inflate their truth index by releasing articles such as iPhone 18 has a 9-inch screen. Yo, ho, ho, bitch. This obvious shit should be filtered out and not counted towards the truth index. It would probably become another algorithmic game of how not to let the news sources game the index. The more difficult, the better. We can also track politicians on the truth index. Every time they make a verbal promise on the record, it can be immortalized within the index. Imagine all unfulfilled political promises index. Hmm, that sounds dirty. Look, I know what I've said now is just a fantasy and may never happen, but I do take comfort in the thought that it's not impossible compared to what we have already achieved as a civilization. Yes, the media is currently very polar and not accountable for what they are saying, but it is mostly our fault as a society that we don't do anything about it. Nobody really cares enough about it to take action. Those who don't understand this problem won't think about it, and those who do just don't use the mainstream media already. There is another solution that may occur more naturally and wouldn't need any kind of effort. The media will deteriorate to the extent where its presence will be completely ignored, therefore creating a vacuum and a new need. Need for the media This need could be fulfilled by individuals paying for major news outlets. The idea might have seemed outrageous for a while, but so was the idea of Spotify and other subscription services. If an average household can consciously come to a conclusion that $5 a month is money well spent for access to clean and well-investigated information, then it would really unleash the true power of media upon the world. Many newspapers have started to charge for a subscription already. 
I think they are late to the game though, as they will either have to go through a lengthy process of re-establishing the trust in themselves as a paid media that is not subsidized by interest groups or completely rebrand themselves. The drawback of the paid solution is that there are still people who really can't pay $5 a month. There are still people who really are poor enough not to be able to afford or care about the quality of the information. Economic inequality really can be a barrier to good information in the future, just like it can be a barrier to many other things. At the end of the day, whichever way this problem will be solved, I strongly believe that the media renaissance is inevitable. Although people like to lie for their own benefit and to cover their wrongdoing, the truth is a fundamental human value that will find its way around any social construct eventually. And once it does, our world will hopefully become a more naive and a better place to exist in.